What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. And today I'm so, so excited to talk to Danny from Pennies to Wealth. And she is such a fabulous person. I actually got to know her recently in person at a financial conference. And she's a financial educator and frugality queen. Welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited we finally got a chance to chat. I have been trying to get you on the show for a little while because you have just constantly been a source of inspiration for me with all of your like frugality finds at the Dollar Tree and all of your really cute posts on social. And I'm like, you know what? We got to bring Danny to tell her story on the show. So I'm really glad that we could make it work with our schedules. Oh my gosh, I love that. And yeah, shout out to Dollar Tree. <laughs> yes, we're going to get into the Dollar Tree. We're going to get into yeah. it. Oh, man. So for those of you who don't know, Penny's 12th is an awesome blog. I um, highly, highly recommend following Danny on Instagram as well, Penny's 12th, if you're not already. Such awesome content coming up on the feed and also just stories, great finds, great resources, links, just funny antics, like following her around and like getting updates about her life. I really enjoy following her. And so definitely recommend it. Danny, I want to just go ahead and start with a quick introduction about you. You're a little bit about who you are. And then we're going to jump into some really juicy questions about financial regrets. So just let everybody know a little bit about yourself first to get started. All right. Well, again, hi, I'm Danny. I'm the founder of Penny's to Wealth. I started about two and a half years ago, um, just out of the need of my family. They saw me starting to pay off my credit card debt. I was on Facebook at the time. Yes. And they were like, hey, can I have the spreadsheet? Can I have the tips? And I'm like, all right, I need to organize mm. all of this information. Yep. <laughs> so that's how I started. Like, I only had five people following me at the time. And all of them were like fam distant family members. Yeah. Um, and so it just grew from there. People started wanting to know like how I shopped and how I budgeted for groceries and all of these different things that I didn't think were actually important, but they became yep. very important in what my brand actually offers. And so I'm just thankful for the growth and thankful for people actually being able to have tangible information and mm -hmm. actionable tips for them to change their finances because right. you know that's usually missing in financial education so especially from women and more especially from women of color so I just I love <laughs> that you're doing both representing out here I love it and just for those of you who um who are interested in following uh Danny and all of her awesome stuff that she posts like Penny Swalls has over 40,000 followers on Instagram so this is not just like oh there's like a cute little thing like me on Instagram like I no, like legit like there's such a good following because the content is quality man um, okay, so let's jump into your juicy stories about financial regrets. I always like to start with them just because I feel like before, like, obviously the podcast is for stories that inspire and people that inspire. But before we are a source of inspiration, we are just humans with our own financial messiness. And I just think that it's important to start from that place of commonality. Like anybody listening who might not have all their financial stuff together. Listen, we all have been there, you know. And so I think it's it gives people more hope to know that even people with a platform who have their finances together even we were a hot financial mess at some point and so I want to talk about a time where you spent so much money maybe it was on an experience maybe a purchase or service um and you just if you could go back in time and take all of it back you would because you really regret spending the money the way that you did oh my gosh there's so many um. <laughs> <laughs> but that's real that is real there's so many which one do I pick so shout out to my ex but we had eloped 
and we were perfectly fine with that like we were happy okay (laughs) and then the family started to get in our head like oh you need to have a wedding you need to have a reception and we never really wanted that um but we ended up spending about $15,000. Mind you, we were in debt at the time. We hadn't talked about it yet. (laughs) And so, so of course that was a cheap wedding and all of that, but it was still $15,000 that we could have put somewhere else. Hell yeah. Um, So I think that was like the most expensive purchase that I I could not get back any kind of way. I sold a lot of other expensive purchases, but I mean, you can't get the (laughs) the wedding cake and the decorations. It's a lot, especially when you're not like, like, I know you guys were based in the Bay. So anybody listening, um, you probably caught that Danny said her ex, Danny used to share the platform with um, your ex-husband now, right, DJ. And I remember meeting y'all both. And it was like clear that you were both very young and like just had all y'all ish together. And so it's so interesting now to like see you be like single and like reclaiming like your financial life and just like starting for like, I love, I love to see it. And so it's just interesting at such a young age, how you can say like, well, well, yeah, one of my financial regrets was like this whole wedding. And, and because it wasn't for you and DJ, I feel like it was for the other people that were like, oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. Like if y'all had sat down and kind of really talked about it and planned it to be the way you wanted, I, I bet you probably wouldn't have spent that much. And if you did it, you wouldn't regret it as much because it would have been the way you wanted it. Right. I definitely would have went back to North Carolina and had the little banquet hall at Golden yes. Corral and right. called it a day. Like everyone can meet here. Um, I don't even know where my wedding dress is at this time. Like we never, I don't know. It was just really weird. Yeah. It's one of those things when you do something for other people more than you do it for yourself, like you end up regretting it, whether it involves money or not. Like, ah, it's just, you got to do things for you. And it's hard when you're young because you, you might not necessarily really know what you really want yet and you're just trying to impress your parents or you're trying to make them proud and so at, at a younger age I find it is harder like now that I'm over 30 I'm like child please I don't have time to spend thousands of dollars like unless it's important to me and I personally value it like you will not see me coughing up coins no 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 oh my gosh <laughs> it's real you, yeah you get older you get to know yourself better and yeah you just get you, you got to keep it real all right, what about on the flip side of a regret? Something that you don't regret and you actually, you know, maybe somebody else might look at your situation and be like, Danny, you're tripping. I looked over your budget. Like, I would never have done that in your situation. And you're just like, mind your business. I'll do it again if I could because I really, I'm glad I did it and, I, and it was worthwhile for me. I think my house, um, we bought a house mm-hmm. two years yep. ago. And, you know, so many people... They love to do the comparison of rent and buy, you know, how long are you going to be in the area? You know, my ex, he was in the military, but we decided to buy and we were very specific about the area that we chose. And here in California, that tiny house (laughs) was still almost $400,000. Wow. I could buy two houses in North Carolina, but it ended up like, for some reason, this area blew up, and um, mm-hmm. once we sold it, we had about seventy thousand dollars in equity, and of course, we split it and had to like pay moving and all of that. But yeah. that was one of the best buys for sure. Because mm-hmm. I mean, where else are you going to get thirty thousand dollars on one day? 
That's right. And also the fact that it could have went in so many different directions, like two years ago to now, a lot has happened. And, you know, like, it, listen, so it's so interesting that it worked out in, in a positive in two aspects. One, it's like y'all got a lot out of that space together and it was, you know, it was worth it to be there. But then also you were able to actually make a profit from it, which is amazing. Like that's that's a two for like it's hard. It's hard with real estate. So I think it's true to find something like that. That That's you know, it's a gem, especially in Cali. Cali is like New York. Like, it's like, if you don't have a million dollars, expect expect to buy a shoebox for 400K. Yes. Oh, my God. My little shoebox. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And that, you know, I think it's true that you make that point about, like, how in the personal finance space, people are so obsessed with doing this rent versus buy, rent versus buy argument. And it's so interesting because we both know, like, there's no right answer. It's not a math problem where you have, you know, what is the number of pencils this little girl has after subtracting seven and she started with 10, it's three. No, that's not, it's not that type of problem where it has one answer. And that's, you know, that's the frustrating part. It's like, it's all about, it depends. It depends on so many things. And I'm sure a lot of things went into the decision that you guys made to buy the house at the time you did but it's just not like a you know black and white super clear easy thing yes I always encourage people to think for themselves there's so many formulas out there so much advice based on one person's idea of how you should live Mm -hmm. and you really have to take in consideration your situation like is this the right move for me um is this a great neighborhood, you know, when you're considering a house, like you have to look at everything. I was the pain in <laughs> my mortgage lender's tail. Like I asked him to print out all of these different budgets. Like he told me we could afford double. And I was like, no, like <laughs> that's not a lot aligned with my goals. Like you just have to be very intentional with every purchase yes. and don't just rely on what the internet is saying like oh you should be here at 25 or here at 30 you know I if I followed that I would be still in a deep depression because I felt so behind um Mm. we didn't reach debt freedom until I was like 27 and I know that's early compared to other people but when you're like experiencing chronic unemployment um health issues for half a decade you really do think you're alone especially when all of our generation is on instagram flexing Mm. every day Mm, Uh, oh my god so i really had to understand that i needed to focus on myself and only myself um and that is the only reason why i was able to push through all of those things so and I know you paid off like over a hundred thousand dollars, right? It, I remember seeing your amount. I, I think it was, I don't remember your specific number, but it was over a hundred K. Yes, it was a lot. <laughs> we um, paid off about $130,000 in debt. Um, my ex had about 50 K in student loans. And then we had 20 K in credit cards. And then we got about 20 more K in credit cards um, <laughs> because I was following other people's advice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> We had all kinds of things. Wow. Okay, so take us back to growing up. I think it's always interesting to me to hear people's, like, upbringing stories and, like, early money lessons and early experiences around money, you know, as a child especially, because I find that it in some way, shape, or form, it connects and impacts to 
how you're living now and a lot of your financial mindset in some way, for some reason, there's a connection. And so I'm always curious about like people's upbringing, just, you know, any early money lessons, early money experiences, the way you grew up, where you grew up and what that was like for, you know, young baby Danny growing up. Shut up, baby Danny. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, I grew up in a very country town. We didn't have any stoplights. The only way to get into the town was over like a train track. So it was like very tiny. Um, Everyone worked in either like the pork factory or the fiberglass factory. Mm. Um, So I never saw someone living well or even comfortably struggling was the norm and so wow yeah I remember at a young age like I was like I this it has to be more like I was an avid reader and so I'm reading all of these things and I'm like "Mm." (laughs) how come I don't see that in my own town (laughs) so even then I was able to see that like I I always saw people complaining and I'm an empath and I'm super shy like so I'm like ah this is this is not comfortable for me I don't want to live like this um so the only way to get out of that town is through education Mm. and so I just poured myself into that but of course as a young girl you're like you're not thinking of the cost of education that's right you're just trying to pursue your dreams right and so um of course I wasn't able to have like financial assistance from like my parents my mom um I was raised by a single mom Mm-hmm. But I did my best to find um, like grants, financial aid, scholarships, yeah. um, and I did pretty well. But I also went into school in 2008. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. So I lost a few grants and I ended up having to take student loans to supplement. Um, and so that's how I got out. I think I actually graduated though with only about $10,000 in debt, which is nice. low compared to like that's my ex right. and all of my friends. That's right. Um, and so I, of course, didn't graduate thinking, oh, I'm going to just pay this off immediately. <laughs> no, who does that? <laughs> oh my gosh. But like I said, I, I went to college during you know, the economic downturn, of course, the recession, and trying to find a job with the psychology degree. Mm, <laughs> yeah. impossible. That's, that's another mistake. Please don't major in psychology unless <laughs> you're going off to be like a, get a master's in therapy yeah. or board in med school, honey, because right. no, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so all of my decisions was based on my upbringing. I I tried to do the opposite. Like I was like, okay, well maybe they're struggling because they don't have like a higher education. Let me figure out how to get a higher education. Right. Um, I saw my mom didn't really follow budget. We just went with the flow and I was trying to be super strict with my money. But the thing I always tell people, no matter how good you are with money, you need money. Okay. That's right. <laughs> I didn't have enough money. So Not that was like the biggest problem. Um, mm-hmm. Like I had good intentions all the time, even if I made financial mistakes. Um, but I, I just had the lack of money and it took almost a decade for me <laughs> to turn mm-hmm. that around. And so I am thankful. I'm thankful for the lessons for my family because I did learn mm-hmm. something. I learned what not to do. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I think that's a very important aspect of parenting, being open and honest. And my mom was always honest about the state of our finances. She wasn't hiding it. <laughs> it's hard to hide it. Some people do. Some people do hide it. But I think, you know, it's it's hard, especially when, you know, when you're by yourself. Like, as a single mom, I have so much respect for single mothers. Like, my mom w- w- did a lot for us, but my dad was always there. And I, and I recognize the power of having another partner to support. So it's hard out there. It's like, a single mom, like, you're already struggling. And you also have to try to hide that from your kid, like, it's a lot. It's a lot to juggle. It is. And I'm so happy that, you know, she was always honest about what was going on because of course that still influenced me in a positive way. At least like she wasn't pretending and trying to bias all of these things that, you know, she couldn't afford because I grew up never like till this day, like I bought a thousand dollar love sack, but it took me five years to make the purchase. (laughs) Like, and so I'm really not interested in like designer labels still. Like I I told, I told you earlier, this picture is from Burlington Coat Factory. Like I- Yes, girl. Shout out to Burlington. Shout out to Burlington. We got, they got the deals. Don't even front y'all. Burlington Burlington got got the deals. So I think all of those things influence like my frugality today and how I view money. I hold on to every dollar because of course I still have this fear that I'm going to end up in that small town in a trailer. Like, you know, I like, it's nothing wrong with that, but I know also that I can do so much more. And so that's what I'm trying my best to do. Yeah. It's not that there's anything wrong with that. What it is, is that you grew up in that environment. And as an adult now, you would want to be able to propel yourself forward and have some forward progress in your life, which means, you know, of course not. If that's your situation right now, like absolutely no shame, absolutely no judgment. But at the end of the day, for somebody to want to progress forward, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, with wanting to to be at a place where now you're farther off and better off than where you were, uh, especially if you were remember that that place that environment being a place of struggle especially for your mom like you know so I I definitely don't I don't think that there's any shame or judgment but shout outs to you for for really being on your way I mean I know you're a certified financial educator accredited financial counselor fellow and like just constantly rooted in that education like since I started that platform like I always wanted to come from that point of view mm-hmm. like hi this is how and even at the beginning I wasn't even showing how I was doing things because I didn't want that to influence other people mm-hmm. and of course still now people are like well I see you're doing it this way like should I like well it depends on your situation and of course mm-hmm. half of the people hate when I say that yeah. but other people really do appreciate it because you know they can take the gems and then they can fill in the blanks regarding whatever their age, if they have kids, what their retirement goals are, what their current situation is. And so it's so important to not just give one size fit all information. Like, oh my gosh, like there are money basics, but there's so many, you know, caveats about how this actually applies to your finances. So I would wholly recommend that people seek out multiple pieces of information and not just one just so you can get a whole view instead of just a narrow-minded view of finances 
That's right. And and just get multiple perspectives because I know like it's just it's sad when like one person just like, oh, no, my financial guru says this. And it's like, OK, but the fact that you have one financial guru is problematic. You should be collecting lots of sources. You should be at the minimum triangulating, which y'all know the root of that word is a triangle. That means you want to have at least three, at least three sources of information whenever you're you know making a decision or you're doing research. Three minimum, minimum three. You want to have more if you can. But hey, triangulating is a start. And I, I just know there's so many people out there that just like, no, it's my what my guru. My, and, and this also applies outside of finances. You know, like I know people that have like their health and wellness guru. And say, oh, no, my health and wellness guru said I got it. And I'm like, OK, but what about other health and wellness gurus? What do they say? Like, did you do more research besides this one person? So, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on, but that's just something I really do feel strongly about. Like people need to really be well informed. So I, I really want to talk a little bit too about where you are now, because you have really like transformed your life in so many ways from the last time I, I saw you and last time we connected. And I feel like I, from what I know, you've always been like the type of person that is like a little bit of everything. Like, I guess the, the best word to describe is like a renaissance woman. Like I've seen like you educating, you get different like work interviews, like you've done modeling. Like you'll, you're, like I, I see all these things. I'm like, yes, Danny is just out here. Like just make a coin, make a coin. And for me, I'm like, okay, okay. Now I'm kind of like curious to know what your lifestyle looks like now, you know, work-wise, you know, covid wise I guess I, I want to, I'm trying to not say post-COVID because we're literally in the middle of it, but mid-pandemic, like what is, um, you know, like kind of like daily life looking like for you and how it relates to your work with Pennies to Wealth, like how much of your day or your week is, is, is Pennies to Wealth versus other things that you're working on? I was married about seven years. I got married super early. I was 21 years old. Um, take yeah. your time, people. Uh, <laughs> 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 and so I got divorced at the end of 2019. And, um, I moved, I left the town and I went down to the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And of course I was there about two months before everything shut down. So I was newly divorced. I was at a new job, I had to get a new job. Um, and I work for a FinTech company. So I, I still do like instructional design slash training. So of course I started as a teacher, transitioned to corporate world. But yeah, like these past two, two and a half, three years have been so crazy, you know, going through a divorce in 2019, that is draining in itself and then being smacked in forced isolation and yeah. with this COVID and pandemic and, you know, California, it, <laughs> it has a mind of its own. We have all right. of these restrictions um, and it's just, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Of course, I took a break from Penny's to Wolf because I was like, I cannot manage my life. Like, I have to remember to eat, yes. um, rest. I, I can't blog and be happy. And of course, I'm glad that my followers understand that I would rather be away than to be fake. Um, yes, girl. That is some realness right there. <laughs> Yes. yes, I am not the one to be fake, honey. I, you know, I told them what was going on and then I just bounced for about half of the year last year. Yeah. No, I remember, I remember you posted on Instagram and you're like, listen, I need some time. Like it was so honest. It was so heartfelt. And I think if anything, that just made people eager for you to return and to see how you were doing and see what you were up to. And just to, like, I think if anything, it was like a good drop off. It was like, when people couldn't wait to see what you were up to and what for you to come back. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I respect it. 
And so many people don't talk about like the financial impact of divorce or just major mm. life changes in general. And so I wanted to take the time to get my life back together and be able to actually reflect on the things that have happened. Yeah. Um, so of course I, um, my emergency savings, they were drained. <laughs> So I had to rebuild myself in 2020. You know, we had paid off all of this debt. We had a house, net worth in the mid hundreds. I was so happy about that hundred thousands. And I had to start all over. Um, So that was my first order of business. I saved a six month emergency fund last year. I started investing crazy because no longer could I envision my future with like a military retirement pension in about 10 years you know like I had to rethink all of my financial plans and so that's that's where I spent the majority of my energy when I had stuff in 2020 oh man it's kind of like it's in a weird way it's almost like the universe paused for you to to do that like it sounds like right at the time where you kind of needed that. And like, of course, being isolated sucks, but it it also has that benefit of giving you that time and space to get it together and to take the time that you need. It it, it was like, like the universe, the universe was like in sync girl with what you need. You know, that's kind of a beautiful thing. First I was pissed off because I'm like, this is punishment. (laughs) Like what is happening? (laughs) Like I need to be outside. I'm single again. I'm supposed to be out and about in these streets. Happy hour. (laughs) I was so upset, but then of course, like you said, I had to sit down and reflect. Okay, okay, this is great. My company that I work for, they were very understanding. Uh, They knew I was hanging on by a thread even in December, November of 2019. And so once everything hit, you know, my manager, she was really there for me and let me take the time and space that I needed to just be. Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily I, I keep saying luckily I, I just feel so lucky because if you look at like where I come from like everything is luck to me even being here talking to you is luck <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. trying to get my grandma on zoom girl no <laughs> so like everything like I feel so lucky but <laughs> yeah I was able to turn my finances around again yeah and I Oh my gosh, like I tripled, quadrupled my net worth. I saved every penny. I was able to just live on half of my income here in California by myself. No family assisted me in my moves or any of my transitions. And so I am happy to be out of that fog and another financial devastation. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's funny because for people who who are looking at Danny like this is a perfect example of how you can overcome whatever whatever life it literally throws at you a hundred thousand dollars of debt you know all kinds of hot mess financial pressures you 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 get over you get through it you come to a good place and you never know what else might come it's not like you're ever really done working on yourself financially you know and so I think you know, the divorce is hard, figuring out a relocation, all of that is hard. Like so much of it is hard, but it's all part of the financial journey that you started a long time ago. It's not like this new financial journey that you're on, you know, it's just kind of like another, uh, you know, like step in this longer journey that you're taking towards your own personal financial independence. So it's so interesting 
to see you lay it out that way where it's like, okay, another kind of moment where I had to move through the fog, but it's like, yeah, you're right. It's another moment on this, on this longer journey that you, and you've been on it. So it's not like it was completely caught off guard. I didn't even know what to do. I had to, you know, start from scratch with understanding finances. No, you had those tools, so you know, which whew, thank goodness you did. <laughs> and, you know, I started being able to talk to a part of my audience that had experienced like income loss or divorce or separation. And I realized, like you said, I, um, I was in a better place than I would have been if it happened two years ago or four years ago. Um, Of course, I wish that (laughs) I had more of my finances because I was pulling the majority of my income to pay off the debt. Like, you know, we lived on his income and we were throwing all of my income to accomplish our goals. Um, right. So that's why it was a little hard for me at the beginning to set myself up because I had to catch up. Like I had to catch yeah. up on my retirement. I had to catch up on my individual emergency fund. And so I, you know, there are people out there who are advocates for, one income, one household income for all, but women need to know how to manage their money. Okay. (laughs) Like, honey, say it again. I don't want to be negative or Debbie Downer, but you never know what can happen. It may not be divorce. Your husband may lose their job. Like what what are you going to do then? They may pass away. Like, you know, it's, you have to think of those things. You can't just live in this fantasy land with rainbows and unicorns and expect things to always remain the same. Um, That's right. That's the biggest thing that I learned. And I'm stronger because of it. If I ever do get in another relationship, I'm coming with my own bag. Okay. Yes, girl. Yes, girl. Hey, what do you have to offer? What's your plan? And then now we can join our plans together. Yes. I will never release all of my goals to accompany someone else's. Um, I I just don't see that in my future. And I encourage people to always keep their goals in mind and focus on the things that they want to achieve. Yes. Never put those things in the back. Girl, yes. I I just could imagine how hard that must be because not only are you going through all of those things, but you're doing it in a, not like a public, public way, but like a semi-public way because uh, 40,000 plus people know you just on Instagram plus all the blog followings that you have. Like, and and then having to tell everyone, listen, as you've known us as a couple through this whole journey, but we're separating and now I have to figure this out. And so dealing with it in like somewhat of a public way must have added another layer of difficulty, I imagine. And I I mean, so it's, I guess a two part question, like a talk about like that, right? Like just being vulnerable enough to just like tell people and come to the decision that you wanted to talk to your audience more about like the financial impacts of divorce, even though that's a very personal thing and you're, you're still like in it. talking about it in a public way like that yo that is hard like I don't know if I could if I'm in the middle of dealing with something that is so emotional and then also being able to give of myself like yeah I want to tell you guys how it's going like that that it takes a certain strength and resilience for a person to do that and then the other piece of it is like more so I guess the entire brand right like going public with pennies to wealth with when it was you and DJ but also now that it's just you like that's a big commitment and a big decision because most people just they just want to keep their finances private. Finances is a very taboo topic. Money is very taboo. So for to have a public platform, a blog, nonetheless, where you're really talking about like story strategies, 
talking about your own past and your own struggles too like what are some of the um I guess motivations behind being so public with all of it but also specifically with some of the more challenging stuff um at first I didn't want to share I understandably we had separated so when you met me we were separated I didn't even know oh girl I didn't even know oh I'm getting the tea I'm getting the tea (laughs) when he sees this he's like girl (laughs) bye why you talking about business (laughs) yeah (laughs) but hey I'm all about honesty and that is also another like trauma response like you you want to Mm. keep this image up and pretend that everything is okay so yeah Mm. all of 20 well the majority of 2019 we were separated and of course he was still helping me with the blog and all of that um so yeah i had to deal with that publicly and privately because on Ooh, on yeah. instagram <laughs> this is our joint finances but in the back end i'm trying to figure out like how to find how we separating them <laughs> yeah like to support me here because yes. my income then i would have like I would have had no money left over. Um, And so I was trying to figure out all of these things. And so once the new year hit, I thought it was like a new year, new me. I didn't know we were going to be on lockdown all freaking year, (laughs) but it still became, it was a positive still. But yeah, Yeah. in the new year, I was like, I can't, the energy it takes for me to live this double life is just too much. I felt that the honesty would be more healing, not only for me, but for my audience as well, because I found out so many people were going through the same thing in one way or the other. Mm. And once I spoke about it and saw the response, I was like, okay, it's like, I don't know, I felt like it was my universal duty to continue sharing. Like, I didn't want to let people down. I wanted to be as honest as possible about the ups and the downs. Because it's not always going to be perfect. You're going to have good moments. You're going to have bad moments. When I had decided to pay off my credit cards, like in 2015, 2016, his mom had passed away. Like, I, mm. like suddenly, and there's mm. always these moments that you're going to have to encounter. And so I, right. I've always been a proponent for a healthy emergency fund, not just a few hundred dollars, and that's right. not going to save you in anything as we've no. seen. Right. Um, you know, people turn their nose up at the $600 stimulus, but they're also following people who say that a thousand dollars is enough. And so it's like, who are you really mad at? Are you mad at yourself or the government? And right. so it's like, you know, you have to take all of those things into account. And um, so that's why I shared. I, I wanted to be me publicly and privately. Yes. I didn't want to have to do both. I love that I'm so glad you did that for yourself when you did because it seems like it was just so freeing for you to just be able to let that go and just say you know what's the point for me to sit here and continue to show you our joint finances while I'm in the process of trying to separate them apart like I I I can't (laughs) I gotta tell you guys like I can't it's it's too much and I and I I imagine that must feel so freeing so I'm I'm glad I'm happy for you thank you so much (laughs) it's hard And, and some of these decisions too I feel like you probably also feel the pressure, like, dang it. But like, everybody knows us as DJ and Danny. And like, 
but you at the end of the day it's just like the financial decisions we talked about earlier sure so you can keep on doing the dj and danny thing or you can say to yourself and your audience like I'm, I have to do what's right for me. Like, I'm not going to spend $15,000 on a wedding again. I'm going to, this time I'm going to do what makes sense for me and what I actually want to do. And, you know, again, it's like with, with age you, and maturity, you, you get that grace to say to yourself, like, yeah, no, this is not speaking to me. I'm so much better and stronger because of it. Like, you yeah. know, a lot of the people who checked on me were from my blog and from <laughs> Instagram. Like not even my personal friends I've known since high school. Like right. they were actually checking on me. And so I'm like, oh, I'm so glad. Oh, I'm going to cry because they're so great. Oh, yeah. And that's the beautiful thing of having people that follow your journey. And they want you to succeed and they want to be there for you. That's beautiful. Ah, I told you I'm an empath. Like any little thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Oh my that's gosh, okay. yeah. <laughs> that's how. That's how you listen. Too many people keep, hold things in, and I listen, girl. I give you all the space, all the space. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a blessing, especially you know in lockdown and yeah. all of my family is still in North Carolina, and just to have a community where yeah. they're like, Danny, how are you doing? eat <laughs> yeah, so I'm so happy yeah I I, uh, I would not change anything these are happy tears I, I'm a happy crier mm-hmm. everyone knows that. <laughs> I love that I love that because it's like you when it when you first initially built out pennies to wealth and went public with your finances and your experiences that's such a hard decision but coming to a place where you are now, being so grateful that you did go public with it, that you did go and build this thing and share your journey because the reward of it is so much bigger than just like people clicking on your blog posts. Like that's not what this is about. It's so much more than that. Not, like I've always thought of it as my family. And so, you know, when we first started, I didn't have, like, we didn't have our pictures on there. We were hiding behind, like, the logo and just yeah. giving advice. And then um, I remember people started asking, well, how do you do it? Can I see mm-hmm. what you do? Or, like, where do you shop? And I'm like, oh, girl, I shop at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> Dollar Tree, honey. Yes. And Costco. Okay. Um, but yeah. And so that's how I actually got out of, out of my shell. I've always been an introvert. Um, yeah. I keep to myself in those situations, but the community that we were able to build has helped in more, like they've helped me more than I'm, I feel like I've helped them. Oh no, girl, please. It might feel like that to you, but you've helped so much. I mean, just having a place where you can go consistently and like on your blog, I've done a little bit of digging and I realized how much value you, you don't just post your blog posts. There's so many free resources, links, there's toolkits, there's a starter kit. There's like, if you need this, go here. If you need that, click that. It's like really thinking about like, a holistic approach like when somebody comes regardless of where they are what what they might need and making sure that it's a one-stop shop for people like that and and that takes a lot of thought and like insight it's not just like i scrapped this blog together real quick and i feel bad if it didn't help that many people girl no you have a huge impact <laughs> a huge impact thank you <laughs> yeah you gotta girl you gotta remind yourself sometimes who you are okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I love this conversation. This is so cute. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm excited. <laughs> girl, please. 
So I, I think one of the things I what I want to ask before we wrap up is overcoming something so big like divorce or like a relocation and especially during such a difficult time, having the ability to be able to go to a, a place where you're like, oh, somebody else has dealt with this or somebody else has, you know, it has a similar experience that allows me to resonate, that resonates with me. You know, like for, for people that are dealing with some financial challenge that they don't have that community, they don't have that place, they don't have that space. What are some tips or steps that you would say might might be helpful in a difficult time? Like, hey, I feel like I'm the only one dealing with this and I don't find anybody that's struggling with this the way I am. Like, what can you do? There's so many challenges that people deal with and we, we know there are communities, there are spaces, but if you're in a rut and you feel like those spaces don't exist or you haven't found them yet, like, what would you, what would you say, um, you might offer to people in that in that situation that's so tough because i'm one of those people like i'm very optimistic but i'm also like ah my world is crumbling and i'm the only one in this world who's dealing with this (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i see both ends of the spectrum yeah first start being honest with the people in your circle like maybe it's a friend or a co-worker that you can seek out one of my most best friends now is one of my coworkers, and when I first met her like we don't have anything in common but just starting to share and be open about what we're both going through um, has meant the world to me Um, you know I hid my divorce for my my whole family for a year and a half like they didn't know I was getting divorced until I was on the email honey okay (laughs) because I felt ashamed and then my mom's like girl what what are you thinking? Like, why didn't you tell me sooner? And then I would have had someone to lean on, you know? (laughs) So don't bottle all of that in. Even if you can seek out services with your job, I know they offer free counseling most of the time. Just find someone that you can talk to, get it out. Like, do not hold it in because it's going to come out eventually and it's not going to be pretty. Take that. it from me. It's going to bubble and bubble and bubble until it just mm-hmm. falls out. Yep. Yep. And then, yep. too, you know, I there's so many different influencers and experts in, of course, like the financial space. Find someone who is going through the things that you're currently going through or who have overcome those things. I I didn't have role models. Like, I had to sort of figure it out. I couldn't Google <laughs> skinny mm-hmm. black girl who grew up in poverty who now wants to right. be a millionaire you know <laughs> like <they're laughs> Danny Danny pennies to wealth would pop up if you search that <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't see me really like you know either they either had like a loving household yeah. and they had college paid for it and or anything like that it just didn't look like me and I'm like girl how <laughs> like I need someone I need me of me. And so I definitely encourage people to seek out someone who not only resembles what you're going through, but who is open and willing to provide the good and the bad. Because, you know, me being in debt, that was so horrible and terrible, but it got me to building wealth the whole reason for the name pennies to wealth like I had the audacity to think that I could go from pennies to wealth (laughs) and at that (laughs) moment I was sitting at an Ikea dining table (laughs) that cost $50 like and we didn't have a dining table for five years okay so I'm sitting there with this bright idea of hey let's just call it 
I love it. It's too funny. Manifestation. You got to manifest it, girl. That's what you did. Dude. Just remember <laughs> that your situation is not forever. It's only temporary. Yeah. Um, that's the, yes. the most important thing. So even if you can't even get yourself out of bed some days or it just seems like you can't get out of that debt, remember, hey. Like my intentions are pure. I want to achieve these things. And where I'm currently at is only temporary. That is the only thing that got me through all of the changes and the issues that I encountered. So inspirational. I, I know that that message is going to hit. It's going to hit deep for so many people. So thank you. I, I love that a lot. Um, all right, girl. Well, I got one last question for you, which is my favorite one. And it's really this idea of um, getting people to think deeply before making transactions or while they're transacting, like what is a money mantra that they should really carry with them every decision that they make that involves money. So we're going to take your face, your beautiful face, and put it right over George Washington's. <laughs> we're going to put you on the dollar bill, and then we're going to have your money mantra go over it, which is just your money message that you want people to really keep with them that revolves around, you know, ideas about money and um, you know, just really like a money message. So what would your money mantra be? Every penny counts. Um, oh, that's so cute. It's so true. Though. Yes, girl, that is true. Um, I swear, like you guys, like I am being honest, like I have one of my first budgets and I swear it was like only pennies that I could find left yeah. over. Girl, sometimes it'd be like that. It does. And so don't turn your nose up, honey. If you can only save five dollars now, you know, in a few months it could be fifty dollars. In a, a year it can be five hundred, five thousand, fifty thousand. Like don't limit yourself by what you currently see. That penny on the street, honey, can make you millions. And I swear. I, I, I am living proof of it. I, I really am. I love that one. I, I'm excited to put it together. I want to tag you. I'm going to share it. Yes, girl. It's going to be everywhere. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for making time to have this conversation with me, Danny, to update us on you, your life. And just, it seems like you're so like full of joy and just like rejuvenated from everything you've been through. And I'm, I'm happy to see that. And I'm happy to hear that. So I'm happy for you and I'm proud of you. I'm so inspired by you, everything, all the things. So, so much love. And thank you for being here with me today. Oh my gosh, girl. And I saw you on the financial wellness council. So shout out to you for CNBC. <laughs> girl, when they called me up, I said, Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. Yes. I will do it. Yes. yes. I was randomly on it yesterday for work. And I was like, is that her? That's me, girl. It me. It me. <laughs> I'm so yeah, happy that. that you're doing this and getting these messages out to people because it's so yeah. needed, especially now. So thank you for yes, all that girl. you're doing, not only thank with you. your brand, but with the children as well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, girl. We need to teach these kids. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much, love. Have an amazing rest of your day and week. You too. All right. Love. Bye-bye.